Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we're back after a week off of the recruiting show, uh, with the recruiting show in between there. Hopefully you enjoyed that show. Uh, I know I did, getting an early look at some of the 2023 freshmen here. Uh, and if you are a subscriber to the site, definitely want to go check out those rankings more in depth over there, the athletic comparison tool. Uh, and even if you're not interested in, in college or recruiting, the athletic comparison tool, you can compare, you know, current college players to, you know, all time greats. You can compare, uh, you know, current players in the NFL, see how they stack up. You, you, there's a lot you can do with that tool and just kind of get an idea of some athletic comparisons. Uh, so that I highly definitely recommend checking that one out here. Um, but how was the uh, how was the recruiting show? You guys, it was good. Guys? The the version that we released, we actually had to cut about fifty minutes out of it, um, just wow. to give some people uh, a glimpse behind the curtain. Um, because we told you, Colin, that you couldn't participate because you hadn't yeah. watched enough players, and you kept crashing in mm -hmm. and wanting to talk about stuff, and we kept I having to kick you out. Well, yeah, I mean, I was my usual Thursday night routine. You know, I get a little bored, a little lonely. Eventually, what we did is we let you in, and then I just swatted you, which anyone not familiar, I just got SWAT team called on them, and they came in and got Colin, and that's how we finally were able to finish the episode. So Yeah, that's, that's a how new TikTok ended. trend. Don't swatting. actually do that at home, kids. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's fucked up. This was not an endorsement of that. <laughs> uh, no, but it was it was a lot of fun to to listen to i was glad to have a week off there as well and it's uh, the first of many things we have coming on the recruiting side of things um yes whole new portion do, of the website yeah we just say we do what? have a new portion of the website there we have a new membership uh over there for people who are just looking for recruiting content uh which i don't think would be anybody listening to this show but if you know anybody out there who loves recruiting content send them over yeah, it'll be good stuff. Well, I think the, the nice thing about it is we're not only are we going to give very in-depth rankings for ourselves, along with just a ton of, you know, explanation around it, including obviously everything culminating in the freshman supplemental guide at the end of the year, you know, during the off season, uh, uh, February, March, somewhere around that, that general area. Um, but we're also going to start building tools out to let you guys kind of build your own rankings, which I think can also be very important. You know, it's really nice. Some people don't have the time or like the the you know in their opinion the ability to kind of wade through all that stuff so they just want us to say you know here's where we have these guys and they'll trust us enough to to you know just to kind of take our rankings and, and work through them but there are other people that are saying you know how did you get to these things can you i want to learn more can you can you teach me can you show me and and for those kind of people i think it'll be great because we'll have this athletic tool which will let you kind of just see you know it's not um large-scale conclusions off of it but you can see if a running back prospect comps favorably to, um uh saquon barkley coming out of high school like that's a cool thing um even you know even if there's like nothing on the grand scale that you can really do with that like having that information we have some other type of more advanced stats that i think we're kind of collecting that hopefully will be released at some point i th we're thinking that's going to be like nil only though giving you guys another you know another peek behind the curtain like that's going to be some more prime stuff that's a little more predictive but I, all these tools i think can we'll be able to give people an idea of how you know kind of what we're looking at and then 
you can kind of decide and pick and choose what you like, what you don't like, and build your own rankings, which can, which is very important too. So we, at the end of the day, want to be able to provide both those things, um, and that's definitely on the table for the next you know year, two years, uh, whatever it takes. But that's that's um, one of our goals here. Yeah, I, I like the choose your own adventure nature of what we're trying to do over here for recruiting and stuff like that, you know, because we we're going to have our recruiting rankings. We're going to tell you our thoughts on it. And it is more fantasy focused, you know, but there's also other fantastic websites out there too, like 24 seven on three um, rivals, you know, those, those companies as well, who have their rankings as well. You can kind of look at those too, you know, so a way that, you know, we're trying to help everybody as well is just, teach you what we know and what we look for and, and just kind of help you build your own process there. And, and there's definitely some value in our rankings having some fantasy tilt to it. Yes. At the end of the day, you know, I think Jackson Smith and Jigwa, for instance, was a high, he was a top three or four receiver in the class coming out of high school. And he was my number one. I loved him. And I think for fantasy guy, you know, the NFL might not, fall in love with him because he doesn't draw triple coverage. If he's in the slot, he's a little easier to deal with. But for us, like if he's going to truly project to be the kind of that target hog in the slot, like that matters for fantasy owners. That's something that 24 seven might not care about. They might be saying, you know, well, he projects as a second receiver at the NFL because like, he, you know, you don't have to scheme around him. And it's like, well, that's okay with us. We don't care. So I think little pieces of information like that was where, you know, even if we love a player and 24 seven loves a player and on three loves a player, like I think that those kind of nuggets, I think will be mixed in along with our thoughts on depth charts, our thoughts on offensive scheme, um, a, a coaching staff's ability to develop talent as they've you know shown in the past. So just all those things, I think will, even if we were using the same exact things as 24 seven was, would just inherently change our rankings uh, ever so slightly. Right. And even from like a non-fantasy perspective, there's some guys that we hit on that are lower in the services. You know, your your Quinshawn Judkins, your Ashton Genties, your Damian Martinez's, um, you know, guys like that that have popped early in their careers and that were a little bit lower in the services, you know. So we also I I, I think that the fantasy perspective brings a unique angle there where we can hit on some of these guys a little bit earlier. Exactly. Um, but enough about the recruiting stuff here. Like I said, check out the new whole new section over there. Um, check out the podcast that we released uh, detailing some of the, the early look at the rankings and everything. But before we get into the show here, the NFL part of the show, uh, we'll talk a little bit here just about those jersey giveaways. We gave away the Jordan Addison jersey. Congrats to P-Win uh, on Twitter. Uh, congrats to winning that one. And it has uh, been claimed because I know we drew second and third place in case mm. it wasn't claimed. Sorry to burst uh, anybody who finished second and third's bubble, but it has been claimed. He has sent us his address. It is on the, on its way. So, um, but you're, the good news is everybody who didn't win is still in the drawing for two and three. Yes, you're still in the drawing for the B. John Robinson jersey, which would be the one that I would want personally. Uh, and the drawing for the JSN jersey. Just a reminder, three easy ways to win this. Three ways to get signed up. Promo code C2C on PrizePix. Uh, put a deposit at least 20 bucks in. You'll get an initial deposit back. Uh, you get money towards a membership. You get essentially a free membership over there. So on top of all of that, you also, if you sign up on PrizePix using our promo code, get entered in for a chance to win these jerseys. Way number two, and very easy, the easiest way, just a quick 
review of the podcast, you know, on Apple Podcasts there. Uh, give you us a should be review. doing that anyway if you love listening to us banter back and forth. You should. You should. But Long if you need an added incentive, drop a review, give us a five-star rating, uh, and send us a picture to the C2C, the Campus to Canton Twitter account, or send it to our email at campustocanton at gmail.com. That will be way number two to get entered. And then way number three is call into the Campus to Canton show on the Better Sports Network. You'll have to download the Better Sports app over there. They have a ton of great content over there, ranging from betting advice to NFL. They talk a little baseball every now and then, especially with the World Series going on. There's there's a lot of great shows over there, too. So download the app. Tune in 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Call into the show, and we will get you entered for the third way to win. Um, we will be giving away the second jersey this weekend, November 5th, on our tailgate show, the morning show over there on our YouTube page. Uh, that'll be 10.30 a.m. to 12 p.m., right before the games kick off. We'll be giving away that second jersey. And the third giveaway will be on the following weekend, November 12th, on Better Sports Network, we were just talking about. So you're going to want to tune into those shows and find out who won. Um, a little bit of news here on the NFL side. Uh, Michael Thomas is on IR again. Not expected to play at all again this season. He has a toe injury here. He's on IR yet again, missing more time here. Is Michael Thomas kind of finished? Or at least um, in New maybe. Orleans? I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know that there's any evidence. I'm not a doctor, but I was kind of poking around Twitter just to hear what the general opinion of the Twitter doctors was on this. And it doesn't sound like this injury is at all really related to his prior injury. Like it's not like he re-injured the ankle, which has been the issue um, for the past year or so or whatever, like totally different injury. Uh, toe injuries do suck. I've had one before. Um, they, they really, really, really suck. Stub your um, toe on the, on the furniture <laughs> on my yacht. Yeah. Um, yeah. It went sliding around and we banked. Um, no, um, <laughs> I heard it playing soccer. Um, so they, it does really, really hurt. Um, but I like it doesn't sound like the injuries are connected at all. I find the victory laps odd from people that are saying that he was going to get injured when this is an unrelated injury, especially because the risk has been baked into his ADP, I think, for a while now. And you no one's buying Michael Thomas in the third round anymore. You're getting Michael Thomas in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. Um, I actually think, you know, if if the Michael Thomas owner has had him for years and he is fed up. I might consider buying him. Okay. Is that crazy? Like his price is so cheap right now. I think everyone's so hyped up about this 2023 class. If I had like a bunch of second round picks and I, you know, which had kind of figured out which one was going to be the latest one, I would just offer that and see. I, I might even offer a third. Like if the person just totally oh. thinks he's cooked. Like I, I, I think you can get him for that price. I think people are frustrated. I definitely think people are frustrated. I mean, I have Michael Thomas in a league or two. I know I'm frustrated. Um, I would be holding if I own him right now. I'm probably not looking to sell him because I, no, I don't think he's necessarily done. Um, obviously, he's this year. He was good the first couple of games this year. Yeah. It wasn't like he looked like he was washed and now yeah. he's injured. And now it's like, well, you know, put two and two together in my head. Like I had him on my, I play one redraft league a year outside of Scott Fish. I took him in like the ninth round. I started him in my slot and my flex week too. And he was great. He was great. The first couple of weeks, he had a big performance on my bench week one, if I remember correctly, like, <laughs> it's not like he was 
bad. So they don't, the Saints don't really have any picks. Like, yeah. they don't have their first round. It's not they're going to replace them. It's it's him and Alave, and then the rest of the they've got other cap issues. Not going to go out and sign somebody or trade for somebody. Like, you just this this situation is what it is. Like, I, I I don't know that it's a bad thing to go buy him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I agree. Especially if you could get him for a third, I think that probably would be pretty tough. But I think you could get him for a second. What about a C two C? Like, would you trade like a Tory Horton kind of guy for him? If I have Tory Horton, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Especially with how you know, bad Colorado State has been this year. He's been pretty solid, though. Some of this stuff's really situational. Like, you probably have to find a team that's really good on the CFF side. And isn't yeah. very, like, there, there's a lot of different factors. But what about, like, a, that range, I, what that's, about a that's Dwayne McBride? I would start with. Would you trade a Dwayne McBride for him? Situationally, maybe. Because I think Dwayne McBride, like, I know people like him, but he, I don't know that he can catch passes. Like, I, he's yeah. like a, a complete unknown slash zero. Um, in that sense so yeah i think i like that I, that would not be the offer i would lead with though mm-hmm. i would lead with like tory horton or like i don't know I'm, I'm trying to think of like other kind yeah. of cff wide receivers that are in that range that i i would um i would be offering up but yeah i would be fine with that even like a a lower tier like starting cff quarterback like i would probably be fine with moving or like um uh cephas the wide receiver on Kent State. Kent State. Dante There's multiple Stephens now. I can never remember which one. Joshua's on UTSA. Yeah, Dante. Um, like I, I would offer him. I would offer, um, yeah, like that tier of player. I, that and that might be enough, depending on what the other guy's team setup is to get him. Like I, I would do that tomorrow. Shit, I yeah. might go do that tomorrow in a bunch of my <laughs> leagues. See what, see what I pop up with. Yeah, Austin, notoriously stingy trader over here. So I, 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 I think it's confession time, Colin. Um, cause I posted that pool to Twitter, mm-hmm. um, uh, Colin and I had a big boy trade this week in a, a C2C league. And this is, we can talk about it on the show since it involves yeah. a lot of NFL pieces, actually, mm-hmm. but the, one of the rare trades in C2C leagues that does, I got call, I received Cooper cup and Saquon Barkley from Colin in a league where I am very much an NFL contender and Colin, you're like fringy playoff, um, yeah. slightly aging roster. Yeah. Um, and I sent you Brees Hall. Xavier, Xavier Worthy, Worthy. Yeah. and my supplemental second round pick, which will probably be late. I'm a top four CFF team right now, and I've been really hot the past like six weeks. Um, the pool was like 85 15 in my favor, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, I wish you sent me that offer, and mm-hmm. I was shocked that it was that cheap for me. I, I will be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I my idea there is I on the running back side, I bring up Zach Evans, I bring up Blake Corum, I bring up Charbonnet. So, so just Zach Evans, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I bring up those guys. Um, so I need like I, I'm okay at the running back position. I also have Austin Eckler, I have Jarrell Henderson. So like I have some other pieces there. So I could afford to part with Barkley. Um, and then Cooper cup, both of those guys are a little bit older and I don't think I'm going to be competing next year either. I think my team is, is in rebuild mode at this point. Yeah, so the thing about that league is my team is really good. And my team is very young besides those two guys. And even then mm-hmm. I still think both of them have two or three years left if I had to guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So basically what it came down to for me was breeze hall fit my team 
dynamic a little bit better than Saquon Barkley did. So while I have Barkley maybe like one spot higher than Brees Hall in the rankings, um, team fit that worked. And then Cooper Cup, you know, I get Xavier Worthy and a supplemental second. Um, it, it probably will end up being a little bit later, but I think at that range, I'll still be able to get somebody that I feel pretty good about here, especially given how deep this recruiting class is at wide receiver and wide receiver is really the area that I needed. I, I, of the Debbie relevant players on that college team that I have worthy was the one that I was probably most willing to part with, which is what I think made the decision much easier for me. I also have Raheem Sanders on the team. Mm. I have Brock Bowers. Um, well, I knew you weren't going to part with Bowers or I have like Sanders on or someone too. Like, I'm pretty sure I have one of the big, you have another good running back. I can't remember who it is. Um, but I knew you weren't going to part with those guys because of the way your college team was also set up. Yeah. So, um, so that was why I targeted worthy. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I was very surprised when you sent me that offer. I thought you would try to bleed me a little more than that. I'm not a tough guy to trade with. I don't know where either. you get this. You're, I'm not you, either. That's you why when stingy. You're, so I called you stingy initially. I know we're like so off the rails here, but it doesn't even matter. Very, I think yeah. sometimes people like to hear about these trade dynamics and kind of what's going yeah. through people's heads. Who have, I've, I mean, I've made like 40 trades at the deadline here. Like I, I make a lot yeah. of trades. Um, I originally messaged you and I was like, oh yeah, like I see you have Saquon, you have Eckler, you have Cooper Cup, like maybe let's make a deal here. And you were like, oh, like you have Brees Hall. Like, and I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd be open to send him your way. Like the way my team shaped up, that makes sense. Well, you and said you, you like, would be willing to move him for Barkley. Yeah. And you were like, well, you'd have to add something on top of, of him. And I was like, almost everybody has Brees Hall ranked above Saquon in their rankings. You're just trying to squeeze me. You're being a stingy little rat. <laughs> and I was like, the CMC team sucks. I will go talk to the CMC owner if you want to be like that. And then, and you were like, well, let's do a bigger trade. And then that's what you offered me. And I was like, okay, I definitely thought he was going to try to pull a few more teeth here. Um, Cause I was not going to add much on top. I, what I say, I would have added like a seventh round. Pick well, or you said like a 12, I, but yeah, I was like, I'm not yeah, adding that much. on This is the, the, no. Yeah. So, I mean, my point in saying that I had Barkley ranked slightly ahead of Hall was just that I wasn't going to be doing it straight up. It's because you're a Penn state fan. Of course you have Barkley ranked ahead of Hall, but if we're well, being Hall's honest also, about ourselves here, Hall's also out for the year. Yeah. So that has to play into the factor here. And Barkley is up for a new contract. I don't know exactly where he's going to end up. I kind of hope he stays in New York. I think that keeps his value up higher. I feel like him being up for contract is actually not a good thing for him. Because we don't know where he's going to end up. And there are not that many more situations that are better than where he is now. Um, I would agree with that. That There's not that many better situations than where he is right now but there's a lot of there's gonna i think there's gonna be a lot of running back openings this year there are but it's also such a deep draft i don't know i fear i think this is an off season oh man we're just totally off the rails here where i'm not (laughs) buying like josh jacobs signs with i'm trying to think of a team that he could arizona I'm not rushing to buy Josh Jacobs because there's a real chance that they would just draft a guy in the third round to compliment him. Or, you know, uh, the, the guy that goes to Miami is going to be in a timeshare or, or Atlanta, like could do the same exact thing like that. I think because of the depth of this running back class, there's nowhere that's really safe 
unless it's like very clear, like Saquon signs for a stupid amount of money with Carolina. Okay, maybe he's safe there. Like maybe they wouldn't draft a guy early to kind of try to save other needs too. Yeah. Um, but like overall, I think this is a year where, yeah, I'm not like I'm not gonna be buying uh entrenched running backs early in the offseason because I have no idea what's gonna happen with a lot of these guys. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So I, I'm in a uh, not to get even further off the rails here, but I mean, keep in it going. A- show sheet, what show sheet? Let's go. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm currently in a mock draft where it, it's a startup, but that also has like the 2023 rookies included. And uh, after like the top couple running backs, I'm looking at them like, oh man, I don't feel that good about it. You know, like Najee Harris went in the fifth in that one, you know. That feels like, right though for him. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? Feels right. Like, yeah, like there's like so many running backs there that I'm just after the top couple guys, or I'm just like, oh man, I don't know. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I think that the running backs are uh it, the running backs gonna be a very, very interesting position to watch this offseason and, and pulling it back on track here. Uh right. speaking of running backs, Cam Akers is back at practice here. Um we thought he might get traded, did not get traded. They reportedly there was rumors out there that that was his last snap with the uh, Rams, and now he's back at practice. They're trying to bring him back into the fold here. So, what kind of value are we seeing here with with Cam Akers? What are we doing with him? I think he's got to be zero value for a lot of reasons. We don't know where he's going to be, and we don't. He hasn't been good in a long time, and I think he would have been fine without the Achilles. Like I've, I've seen people victory lap. Like I never liked Cam Akers. And it's like, it's one of those we've talked about before where it's like, well, you were right, but like, it was like not due to your process. Like he got yeah. injured. So we will actually never know, which is why like my Kadarius is Kadarius Tony bad. We'll probably never know. Cause he's an idiot and can't get on the field. <laughs> um, but like, yes, yeah, so like I, I just, I, I don't think he's a buy, but you can't like, he just has to be a total hold. Yeah. But he might be a guy by this time next year that people are cutting. Like I just from their you know big big teams, like you know a lot, a lot of bench spots because I his career might just be over. The Rams aren't doing him any favor. Like their rushing attack stinks, but yeah, he's he's not looked good. Like we victory lapped him coming back fast, which might not have been the best thing for him in the long run. Like we'll never know. Maybe there's an alternate dimension we can go find where he came back. Four months later, and gave it more time to heal. Like I don't know, but uh, he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked right. I, I just, I, if I was in a startup right now, I wouldn't take him before like the fifteenth or sixteenth round. I just don't know that there's any real upside left on this. And I'm the kind of guy that will kind of try to like snag those guys late, like the old forty nine. It would, but it didn't Trent Bulky do that for years at the forty ers and he completely destroyed their roster because they kept taking injured <laughs> guys in like the third round. Yeah. Like I will do that if a guy falls a little bit. Um, did it with Saquon a lot a couple off seasons ago, but uh, Cam Akers is just not on that level at this point. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that, and that hurts because I have Cam Akers in a fair number of places because I did like him coming out. And... I got very, I got very lucky that off season that I had a lot of picks that were early enough to get Taylor Swift, and I have basically split down the middle. I've got half Taylor, half Swift. Yeah, Swifty, and uh, I'm very happy about that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I have, I had a fair number of picks that year cause I was lining it up cause we knew that class was going to be good, much like this class here. Um, but other news, Rashad Bateman season ending foot injury here. Uh, is he 
a buy for you at this point, or is, are you selling it? I'm interested to see I, to start hearing what his price is because I don't have a good idea of what his price would be. But I think if he is to come back, um, like if he's going to be fine and I can get him for like a mid late second, yeah, I think I'm cool playing that paying that price. I mean, he still looked really good. He might be a guy that flashes, 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 and then leaves Baltimore and is really good. Because I don't think Baltimore will re-sign him for like you know uh, any sort of decent money. That's just not how their offense works. Not how their 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 roster is constructed. I don't think they'll spend serious money on him. No. Um. So he might be a guy. Yeah, where you just you buy him. Like he has another mediocre year or two here, and then he goes somewhere else, and he's one of those second team rebound guys that we've seen. The Ravens have benefited from that a lot. But I could see him going to another team. You know, going to minnesota in a couple years and being really you know their second guy there or going to you know seattle once tyler lock gets kind of done and being like their second guy or you know i'm just throwing out random names like mm-hmm. none of these are probably ever going to happen Green carolina Day. or or even the wide receiver two in atlanta assuming they get like a, a good quarterback in there that could be you know a good situation like there's so many places he could go um so i think he's a buy at this point uh, i'm not selling him i don't think unless i get a pretty good offer yeah, I, I agree. I'm definitely not selling him right now. He's a hold at worst or a buy at best. Um, and I, I, it's it's tough to buy him with the hope that he does become a second contract guy and, and blows up in some other place. It's definitely not outside the realm of possibility, but it's difficult to hope for that and project for that because, yeah. you know, hopes and wishes often come crashing down. So, and I think he is limited there in Baltimore, especially with how much uh, Lamar loves the tight ends. Because even when Andrews was out, Isaiah Likely was a top guy there. So, he seems to really like the tight end position. Shy Bateman's a good player. I still like him as a player. As a fantasy asset, you know, maybe he was slightly overhyped a little bit, but, um, you know, I still think he's a very talented player and could have a nice bounce back. So I think he's a buy if you can get it for the right price. It's not hindsight because I had them ranked this way, but I do looking back on it, wonder how people could have had him above Waddle, mm-hmm. um, who was just such an athletic freak. And if, you know, Waddle had been banged up the past couple of years, I'm sure he'd be flipping the same thing, but I had Waddle above Bateman. So I feel like, okay, saying this, like, I just don't know whatever would have caused people to rank them that way. Like Waddle just like, in reality, he he's not that much worse than Jamar Chase as a fantasy asset. Like, yeah, again, I mean, again, I, like just the matters. Like, he's in the perfect spot, whatever. But well, I think Jamar Chase is in a really good spot too. But I I did have Waddle ahead of Chase in that draft class. And whoa, I don't know. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my big my big concern with Chase was sitting out an entire year. Like, we hadn't really seen that. Um, so it's not that like, I didn't like chase. Like I still very much liked chase. I just really liked waddle and again, chase sitting out for a full year and, and chase had a little bit of, you know, issues against zone coverage too, I think, you know, so, uh, coming out, which, you know, some mild concerns there, but I, I liked both of the players. I just had Waddle a little bit higher. So, you know, which looks wrong. You know, obviously in hindsight, but Waddle, very good player in and of his own self. In, in Waddle's his own awesome. Way. And he still was not priced correctly this past offseason, which was awesome. Yes. For anybody that was looking to buy <laughs> Jalen Waddle. It was a, it was a good offseason to buy me some Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I, I had him in a fair number of places, so I couldn't really buy him. Um, Waddle, AJ Brown, oh, was on a buying frenzy this offseason. <laughs> Love them both. 
Last news item here. Deshaun Watson will be the starter when he is eligible to return in week 14, according to the GM, Andrew Barry. Not that this is unexpected at all. We expected him to be the starter when he took over the reins here. But in terms of value for the other guys here, Nick Chubb, leading rusher in the NFL, he's having a phenomenal year. Does his workload get scaled back a little bit? Are you a little worried about Chubb? I'm not because I think the offense will function a little better. You know, I think everyone will step up a little bit. I'm a little surprised they didn't trade Kareem Hunt. I think that would have made me feel a little bit better. But I think this offense will just be it'll just be a better offense. I, I think this will the, his return will help everybody. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about Deshaun Watson. Fair enough. Um, just in terms of somebody else there, Amari Cooper. Does this raise his stock for you? Very good thing for Cooper. Going to talk about somebody else in a little bit uh, that I think benefits from it. I think it benefits Njoku when he comes back. It benefits all these guys. Yeah, I really think so. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, the before we get into the next segment here, we're going to talk some, some about the uh, trade deadline bonanza that went on. But before we get into that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group along with a ton of other great pods. And you can follow them all on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points media group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, Fantasy Points is a great resource for that. Use promo code CAMPUS22 over there for 10% off a membership there uh, and supplement the, uh, the knowledge you get from us with the knowledge you get from them over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, trade deadlines. This was one of the crazier trade deadlines that I can remember. No huge names were moved. Um, a couple, couple nice size names for fantasy here, but no, you know, no superstars. But wow, best- the the slander on the Heem Hines slander, <laughs> which by the way I hate when people say. But. What's the word slander? Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> You're slandering him. It's like. You're a, you're a lawyer. You're, are you I'm not calling him an slander? axe murderer. I'm saying I don't think he's good at football. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> um, but best player to be moved at the deadline here, probably t- tight end TJ Hawkinson, traded uh, from Detroit in the division to Minnesota. Before we get into you know kind of the the trade outlook here and, and you know how that impacts things from a fantasy perspective, I just want to why would the Lions trade him? And trade him in division. They've traded with the lot with the uh, the Vikings twice this year. I just think they're, I, like I I don't even know if this is an analytics thing, but theory would just say if you're if you're if you think you're winning a deal, then it really shouldn't matter who you're trading him to. You know, recouping what they get a second and a fourth, I believe. If that's the return, and they think that that's more than he's worth. And that's end the end of the day going to cost the Vikings more than than them giving up Hawkinson. Then I don't have a problem trading in division. I mean, I wouldn't trade like my star quarterback in division, even if I got all the picks or something like that. But like a, a tight end, and I think I'm getting good value. Yeah, I don't see why not. I think that's fine. What do you? I mean, would you? It happens now and then. I'm tra- well, Donovan McNabb got traded in in <laughs> division. If we, anybody remembers that, that was a very long time ago. He went from the Eagles to the Redskins, and he sucked with the Redskins. <laughs> Um, so apparently the Eagles knew something there. Uh, I wouldn't trade him in division, but that's cause I'm petty. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't want to trade him, but I just, why would the lions trade him in general? Like, I don't necessarily understand that. I think he's, 
one of the better tight ends in the league. So, so especially here, all around. And here's my opinion on this without without having that much of an opinion on TJ Hawkinson himself. Um, if you're an NFL team and you're going to spend a high first round pick on a tight end, you have to be prepared to pay a pretty decent salary on the second contract because tight ends take so long to kind of get ready for the NFL. So drafting a, a tight end, what would they take Hawkinson? Like a 10th, 11th, 12th, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And then trading him because they didn't want to pay him when he's been good in the NFL is just really bad process. And I don't think this front office is there is the one that drafted him. So maybe, no. you know, they're thinking maybe I, you know, I, well, we wouldn't have done that. Um, so, you know, sunk cost thing, but it's just like one of those things that it's like the NFL just is so clueless when it comes to some of this stuff. Like why you, don't, don't take the tight end then take, take a different position. Like it's, they don't have to go that early. That was my big argument against taking Kyle Pitts, not against the player, just taking tight end that early. And then again, you're going to have to pay him, you know, at least Pitts, like regardless, like isn't, you know, offensive weapon in air quotes. So like at the end of the day, you're fine paying him like Hawkinson, not on that level. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so foolish that, that yeah. teams do this kind of stuff. And then they're like, like you, you know, you make negative EV move after negative EV move, and then you're shocked when your team is not good four years down the line because you haven't stacked any worthwhile moves <laughs> at all over the past four years. Like, you, hedging value at any point in time is not necessarily a good thing for an NFL franchise. I mean, didn't want to do it on my dynasty roster. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, back to the fantasy lens here. Um, you know, Hawkinson was one of, if not. You know, he was definitely one of, if not the top two options in the receiving game there behind, you know, with Amon Ross St. Brown. Moves over to the Minnesota roster, who already has Jefferson as a pretty established number one there as well. Adam Thielen, a, a really solid number two. Uh, they haven't really used the tight end all that much, but is that, you know, chicken egg kind of a thing? You know, they haven't had a, a guy like Hawkinson before. But what is the fantasy outlook you see for Hawkinson moving forward now that he's in Minnesota? They used the tight end a decent amount last year when they had Conklin, right? Who's now no longer there. Um, I don't think they're afraid to use the tight end. I think he definitely slots in as the third receiving option. And Adam Thielen hasn't been anything special this year. Like, he definitely, I've actually unfortunately watched a couple of Vikings games this year um, and it's not feeling hasn't Sorry, really stood out at all. Um, yeah, it has been for, I've also unfortunately watched Steelers games this year. Like it is what it is. Um, and like, so I, yeah, I think there's definitely room for him there. I think he'll be fine. Um, maybe not quite what he was in Detroit, but Detroit, he had like those spike weeks. Yeah. Cause I mean, think about the weapons in Detroit. It was, I'm on Ross Brown, Swift, him, and then you did have a couple other guys there, you know, a healthy Marvin Jones eats into some some catches. When Jameson Williams comes back, he's going to eat into some of the catches. So I actually think at the end of the day, this might be a better situation for him um, in an offense that that I think will is more dedicated to the past this year than it has been in recent years with Zimmerman and all the, or yeah, Zimmer and all those guys there. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's still a top, you know, five to seven tight end for sure there you know so it doesn't really change his value too much in my eyes to be honest would, would you rather have him or goddard um it's a good question i would probably rather him but i also had him ahead of goddard anyway would you rather have him or michael Mayer? uh give me hawk I, his tight ends are so 
difficult to project coming in. Hawker, I like Brock Mayer, Bowers. but Hawker Brock Bowers, yeah. Spider Man meme. Um, I know. Give me, give me Hawkinson. <laughs> uh, interesting. I'd much rather have Bowers. It's just it's so difficult to project some of these tight ends, you know. Yeah, but I get another year of him at Georgia, so who cares? Okay, yeah. Year. I mean, if okay, all right. If you're talking C two C league, yeah. which is the name of the show here, so you know, probably you always should forget. have. You're so silly. I probably should have expected that, but yeah. So yeah, all right. C two C league. Yeah, give me Bowers yeah. Yeah. in that one. But if you're talking just in terms of like NFL and dynasty and stuff, I would still take Hawkinson. I I would take Bowers over him in probably a dynasty setting too, like Debbie said. But um. And a C2C, it's a slam dunk. Get yeah. up field, Miles Sanders. Come on, man. <laughs> we have a, uh, Austin and I both have a bet in here that uh, a ladder bet. So we're betting over 60 rush yards, over 70 rush yards, over 80, over 90, and over 100. So we are big Miles Sanders fans tonight. Yeah. He's not going to hit 100. It looked like he would. He's going backwards past a couple carries. Ooh. Damn um but back to detroit they have two guys on the roster here who are pretty different um ben wright a little bit more of a blocking tight end here it seems like he's probably gonna be like the next air quote starter there but they also have uh the rookie james mitchell a tight end out of virginia tech that's a guy that i was i was pretty high on uh, at virginia tech like, i liked his game i think he's a, a solid receiving option uh here so Next man up here, Ben Wright, James Mitchell. Are you interested in either one of them? And if so, which one? I think you have to say that Mitchell is probably the slightly more intriguing guy, but I don't know that I'm in love with the prospect of him. They might just be shifting away from the tight end of this offense. Um, I don't really know because they'll have, again, Jamison and Amon Ra, and they'll have uh, Jamal Williams and, and Swift in the backfield. I don't know that you need more than a league average tight end you know you could you could get by with um like hayden hurst or you know like some kind of he was bum, a first round pick bum tight end um which again is why you don't take tight ends in the first round but um yeah like I, I think they could get by with any of that 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 level of player in there and be just fine so are you are you buying jameson williams at this point Probably. I just, I have a C2C team. I took over this orphan last year. This is my second year with it. The NFL team is really aging out. I moved Alvin Kamara for Jamison Williams and a supplemental second. And I was pretty happy with that. I still think he can be a pretty good NFL prospect. I'm not that worried. Like I think they're doing the right thing by like, like there's a probably a world where he's back by now and they've rushed him back. And like, I think they're just taking it slow with him. So, um, yeah, I I think I'm buying him. I think people have kind of forgotten. Like he's definitely that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like I didn't even like love 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 Jamison Williams, but I think he has a chance to be a pretty good player. And he's definitely not priced like you know Garrett Wilson and some of these guys that went around him in the draft. And he probably should still be in that. Uh, they they've shown a little bit of it this year, but he, he should he should still be valued pretty decently. So yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But uh, next trade we had here, Calvin Ridley to jacksonville uh he's obviously suspended here for the entire rest of the year do we think this signals that he's going to return to the field next year oh i think it 100 signals and i'm 100 excited for it this is the kind of receiving room now where you have ridley you have uh kirk 
And then if you draft like one of these high end wide receivers, I think it has to be, well, I don't I don't know. I guess probably Kirk's probably been playing some boundary this year. I don't know where they've been mm-hmm. lining, lining him up. Like, I don't, but I think one more name there, and I think you, Trevor Lawrence runs out of excuses at that point. So I, I I love this move for Jacksonville. I think he'll definitely be back. I think he'll be fine. I mean, just sitting out like a year and a half worried me a little bit. Yeah, it does. Um, but like I, I think he'll be really good there. He so you think he can your guy? So you think he can return to being a wide receiver one for a team and then wide receiver one for fantasy wide receiver one for fantasy will be a big ask but i think he can i think he'll be a thousand yard guy i think he'll probably i think there's a chance that he's a high-end wide receiver too um and i th- i think he can be really really good yeah uh, i i really really liked this move when i saw that they were doing this yeah i mean i think i like it for both parties here in this one like the falcons just kind of needed to end that saga and just kind of time to move on. And the way that the trade is structured, if they, if Jacksonville re-signs him, they get a second for it, which I think is good value. Oh, interesting. I didn't see that part. That's interesting. Yeah, it's an escalating one. So they get a fourth if he hits some sort of an incentive. He it's a it's a third, and if they re-sign him, uh, it turns into a second. So, um, but yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think he can still be a team's wide receiver one. I think he can still definitely be fantasy relevant. Now he is a little bit older. Uh, he was a little bit older as a prospect coming out. Um, so the year and a half off is a little bit more concerning. Uh, he's 27 right now. So he'll be 28 uh, later this year. So he'll be like 28, almost 29 when he does finally return to the field. So he's a little bit older which is a mild concern for me. Yeah, he's a little bit older. I remember that when he came out of college, but I really liked him coming out of college. He was my wide receiver one in the class. I've always been a yeah. big Calvin Ridley guy. A yeah, I had um, Ridley and then Moore, DJ Moore. In that I one. did not have Moore, too. I don't remember who was my second guy. That was Nikhil Harry's year, I believe, right? No, it was, he was the year before Nikhil Harry. Hmm. Christian Kirk was that year. He was. I, I didn't love him either. I uh, liked Kirk. Yeah, and Keel was the year after that with AJ Brown and DK. Mm, right, right. Interesting. Um, next trade we have here, though, Chase Claypool, your guy from the Pittsburgh Steelers, traded to the Bears. My guy for a second round pick. Um, which team won this trade? Or to specify it's the Bears' second round pick, not the one that they picked up earlier in the day from the Ravens. Or is there a winner to this trade, or is this good for both sides? Two words, Colin. Cha Ching. <laughs> Easy money. It's why bad teams stay bad. It's why good teams stay good. Although I know Pittsburgh's bad this year, but you get what I'm saying. Um, this is one of the biggest heists I've ever seen in my life on a player for pick, at, especially the trade deadline. I can't really remember many more. The people that are saying that this is a really good move for Chicago have just flat out haven't watched Chase Claypool play the past couple years. He has maybe the worst hands in the NFL and that's probably not an exaggeration. He is, uh, it's really fun. I listen to a lot more Matt Waldman now because Felix is on there uh, every other week. Um, And Waldman always talks about this and it's one of like my big things I look at at wide receivers too is he's a clapper. Like when you go up to catch, he doesn't kind of make like that triangle with his hands and you know kind of cushion the ball that way. He's like trying to catch the football like this they kind of like you know yeah. smash it between his hands um which is much more difficult to do 
uh, and makes you prone to drops. He, at this point, basically has to play slot because he's not learned how to create any separation on the boundary. Uh, he does win deep, but he's not very good as a jump ball guy because, again, he's clapping and he can't really attack the ball that way. You kind of got to let the ball come into you. Um, he has a lot of problems. He is a very athletic guy, and he's very big and very fast. I will like 100% give him that. But he's the kind of guy that, like, at best, has to be the second best wide receiver on your team. And realistically, he has to be your wide receiver three in a good offense because he doesn't actually offer much that isn't schemed for him. That's just what he is at this. Like, he is a worse, like, line of scrimmage version of Marquez Valdez scaling. Like, it, there's Christian Watson and Chase Claypool. When you hold up the two pictures, like, there's corporate needs you to find the difference there's no difference between these two players <laughs> they're very very limited and at this point i think we know that claypool is not going to develop into that we tried we tried for multiple years here in pittsburgh trust me he's not well liked in the locker room he's kind of an asshole um so no other word for it i fair enough and to be honest if pittsburgh wants to replace him there's going to be great options at that pick <laughs> Like yep. it's just, but I don't think they all need to because they're they're fairly deep um, at the receiving options. But just like total fumble the bag move by the Bears, I was shocked. Like even if I didn't think he was a dick and really liked having him <laughs> at Pittsburgh, I would have driven him to the airport myself for a second. It just is what it is. Yeah, you did tweet that. I yeah. did see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, it, so is this a at least a commendable move on Chicago's part, trying to surround their quarterback with pieces? I get what they tried to do. But I don't like I just don't know that this actually lifts the the because like again, like you in a perfect world, what would happen with Chicago here is then you would have Mooney as a guy and you'd have him on the boundary, you would have Claypool in the slot, and then you would draft a guy like Quentin Johnston to kind of round out that trio. And they would all kind of be able to do different things. Interesting. The problem is now that if you do that, you have to spend your first round pick on Quentin Johnston. Now you don't have a second round pick to beef up the offensive line at all. Granted, they do have apparently like a, a war chest that they're going to be rolling into this offseason. So they might be able to go sign an offensive lineman or two. But I think just kind of solving this problem creates three more of them. I like I, I it's commendable that maybe that's what they wanted to try to do, but I just like I don't think he's the kind of like he is very much a supplemental piece to an offense. He cannot be the guy. It's just it's not in his skill set at it's all. It's a good thing they have Velas Jones Jr. So this almost the, the <laughs> actually I never hadn't thought of this, but the thing about this, this basically makes Velas Jones obsolete six months after you drafted him to fill this exact same role on this offense, like total throw in the flag maneuver. Like it is another franchise that's just stacking negative EV moves. And then you wonder why you suck year in year out. This is why. And I thought they were turning the corner when they traded down last year and like took, you know, like and picked up the extra pick and then they moved up and got fields. And I was like, wow, the bears finally have a front office that has figured it out. And they don't, it's very obvious at this point that they don't get it. So you're not buying Chase Claypool as a fantasy option here moving forward. Are you no, selling? because I I don't know how much more volume he can get in this offense because again, he can't catch. You're still gonna be playing around with him at the line of scrimmage a lot, and that's going to be spoiler alert, the same exact role he just filled in Pittsburgh. It's not a significantly better offense. I I just I don't know I don't know what it is a very odd moves I can ever remember. 
Yeah, I think if the Bears were going to trade for a wide receiver, they should trade for Ridley instead. But alas. So the next guy here we have is Naheem Hines, traded from Indy to Buffalo. This was, uh, I know we had heard some rumors about him potentially being traded. This one surprised me a little bit here that Buffalo made a move for a running back, given you know the players that they have on the roster here. And given that they just spent a second round pick this past year on James Cook, what does this trade say to you about James Cook? I definitely don't. I, I definitely don't think it's a a writing off of James Cook, but I definitely think it signals that James Cook is not ready for what they want him to do this year, which then leads me to wonder why they went out and got him when I don't think they need like they needed to spend a second round pick on him. Um, but I, I mean, they're making a Super Bowl run. I don't know if you want your in truth back up running back who you want to kind of have some expanded receiving uh, responsibilities. And I think he's been on some punt return stuff too. Um, or maybe Shakir has, someone has been, I think Shakir and, has. and it sounds bit. like he's going to take over the, the punt return role, but it, I, I it's, it's basically just, I don't, I don't think they want to rely on a bunch of rookies here when they're trying to make a run, um, which is understandable. I don't think this nukes James Cook and I am not even a James Cook guy. I think I have literally zero James Cook in any league. I'm in. I know no I have no James Cook. Didn't take many rookie drafts this year. Um, just no, not at all. Um, but I, I don't think this is a, a, a really kills his value short term. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think short term, obviously, for sure. But the long term, maybe not. I was never really in on James Cook at all either. I'm, I'm with you there. You know, if you spent a you know mid first round pick on him this year, I just I, I don't think that that was very good process. I'd seen him going, you know, 106, 107, 108 in some instances, you know. So I don't think that was great process here. But if you did take him in that spot, you're definitely worried this year here. And while it may not signal anything necessarily long term, I'm still not a huge James Cook James Cook guy long term. But on the other side of that trade, uh, Zach Moss went to Indy. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has been in, injured a bit this year. You know they've been kind of rolling in some other guys here. They have Deion Jackson, uh, a guy from Duke that I highlighted early on in our in our show here as a guy that I liked. Uh, you know, nice to see him getting some some value here. But does Zach Moss kind of overtake that backup role? Is there any redeemable value here for Zach Moss? No. No, I don't think so. I think he's RB3, RB4. It's really interesting that he went the other way. But no, I don't think he has any value. Fair enough. It's very weird that they even wanted him. Like, just, I I don't really understand it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that, actually. Uh, I I was kind of surprised. Maybe it's like, hey, we'll take, here. we want this trade, but you have to take Zach Moss back. Maybe that was part of it. Um, But... Last trade here that we'll talk about. Uh, certainly, you know, there were some big trades on the defensive side of the ball as well. Bradley Chubb going to Miami, Roquan Smith going to Baltimore. Obviously, we're not going to talk about those, but Chase Edmonds going to Denver uh, in this trade here. You know, in Denver, obviously, Javante Williams getting hurt for the year. Uh, Melvin Gordon, we thought kind of step up there. He really hasn't. It's been kind of confusing. Latavius Murray, they brought up uh, off of a practice squad. Uh, now they have Chase Edmonds here. Who is the RB1 rest of season? Or do we care at all? I, I don't know that we care. I think they want to rotate him pretty heavily. Um, 
I don't really have any strong thoughts on him. Like he's kind of been an afterthought for me in this whole uh, musical chairs. I actually think the guy that I'm more interested in is Jeff Wilson, who they got from the Niners to replace him in Miami. I actually think he's more intriguing there than Edmonds is in Denver with Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon. Although it's getting more and more obvious that I don't think they want to hang on to Melvin Gordon longer yeah. um, than, yeah. than this year. I don't know what his you know out is after this year in his contract or whatever. Cause I think he signed a two year deal, right? I thought I think I, think it was I think a so, deal. but I don't know what the what like the dead cap money looks like. In it that very one. much might just be a free free bye bye after this game. I don't really know, um, but yeah, yeah. So you I, think uh, Jeff Wilson steps in and is the RB one there over Mostert? No, I think he'll kind of compliment him. I think they'll kind of be RB, you know, one. He might be the RB two there, but I think there's a lot of there's a need for him since he's a bit more of a. Uh, he's a bit of a bigger back. Like he's not huge. He's not. A, I wouldn't call him a thumper, but he's definitely more of a between the tackles guy than Edmonds is, or not at oh, well, Edmonds is, but also uh, Mostert is. So I think he'll they'll complement each other very well. I think you know their their coaching staff there is from the the uh, the coaching tree there that they they kind of rotate those backs like that, and that's they've kind of got a, a role for some of these guys. So I think uh, yeah, I'm actually somewhat interested in him. Interesting. Interesting. I, uh, in, in one of my leagues this year, I, uh, have, I, I'm just obliterated with buys this week. I have three QBs on my roster because it's super flex. They're all on buy this week. Uh, I have like three startable running backs. They're all on buy this week. So I had to go out and trade, um, for, for somebody. Cause I'm in, I'm in the playoffs right now. My team is, got Dak back. I can get if Russell Wilson can get his head out of his ass. Like I have a good team. So I still think I'm in the hunt here. So I, I made a move and I, and I picked up Mostert. Uh, so it was like the day that this got, this trade got announced. So, you know. I, I mean, I, I like him rest of season too. I think those Miami backs will be moderately uh, productive rest of the season. So I'm not really counting on him, but uh, I, 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 you know, after the, Edmonds trade. I was I was a lot more interested uh, before the Wilson trade, but alas, it is what it is here. Um, so we are done with the trades here, but we're going to talk one last segment here. We got one long term buy. Who is the player that you're buying right now with an eye towards the future? Yeah. So if you made me choose one. I think I would take Donovan Peoples-Jones as my buy right now because I think he's a combination of cheap, uh, has pretty good upside, and I think he has a lot of things going for him um, to kind of end the year here where I don't think his value will go down at all, certainly. I think there's they get um, uh, Deshaun Watson back, so I think that will elevate this whole offense. He has stepped into the wide receiver role there. His targets the past five games, nine, seven, five, six, and four. Um, he's been lacking touchdowns, really, this year. It's kind of been a killer for him. He has no touchdowns, but he has 30 catches for 417 yards. I mean, I think he can get close to 1,000 yards this year and 60 to 70 catches. The passing volume will certainly increase a little bit when, um, when, when Watson comes back here. So I, I really like him. I think and he's a pretty good athlete. You know, he's one of those guys that you can kind of flip a coin when they come out of college because they, 
They weren't particularly productive. There's some context to it. He's big. He's athletic. Is he a great receiver? Probably not. But uh, I, th- I just think in, in this offense, and the other thing is they don't really have a lot of picks to replace him. So, um, you know, after they traded all of them for Deshaun Watson. So I think his job is relatively safe here, more or less. Um, so, yeah, I, I like him. I don't, I mean, he's not going to, he, he's like a wide receiver three flex type guy, but that's fine. I don't even know that he's priced as that right now. Um, I haven't seen him moving a lot in trades, but it doesn't seem like consensus has him around that range. Um, and I think he could be come the end of the season. So he's, he's a big buy for me. I think he's, he's pretty reasonably priced. Yeah, no, I, I like that call a lot there too, especially with Deshaun Watson taking over, uh, you know, Amari Cooper is still going to be the wide receiver one there, but he's a little bit older. And like you said, they don't really have a ton of picks to to go out and replace him with. So I think he could uh, have a really nice role there the rest of this season and then into next season as well. Um, the guy that I have here as my big buy is, is actually very similar to Donovan Peoples-Jones, similar kind of situation, yes, I, similar I, player I, type. Our heads were in the same place here, or a similar place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy that I'm, I'm one of my big buys right now, Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, wide receiver, for Carolina. Um, you know, he Carolina's team is is kind of kind of a dumpster fire right now. We don't really, you know, they're on PJ Walker, their third quarterback entering the year. Darnold was hurt. Baker's hurt now. They don't really have an answer there. There's they fired the coach. They're going to be bringing in an entirely new regime here, but. Terrace Marshall's been been quietly pretty solid here over the last two weeks. Um, over his last two weeks, he has 86 and a 92% snap share. So he's essentially a full-time player at this point, um, which, you know, prior to that 45%, 38% snap share, um, you know, when they had Robbie Anderson as well, but he's out of town. So it's Marshall and DJ Moore, and they're using Marshall the way he should be used now. Uh, they're using him on the perimeter. They, you know, last year, for whatever reason, he's he played sixty point eight percent of his snaps in the slot, which I don't think is his role. This year, ninety percent of his his routes are on the outside. Um, his a dot ten point seven. So they're using him a little bit down more downfield here. He has a twenty one point one percent target share over the last two weeks. Twenty four point six percent is what uh, air yards. So he's getting a lot more involved. And I think this is a trend that's going to continue for the rest of the year because they don't really have much else there. They got rid of Christian McCaffrey. This is a team in a total rebuild here. So you'll get some startable weeks here moving forward. If he's like your third, if you have a deep league and you're starting three players in your flex, you know, and he's your third, like that's not ideal, but I think he's passable there. But with an eye towards next year, this Carolina Panthers team has a lot of holes that they need to fill. Um, and I don't think wide receiver is necessarily going to be one that they go after. You know, obviously quarterback is the big one here. So if they can get the quarterback position figured out, you know, I think Terrace Marshall can be a, a really nice player next year as well. And and he's a guy that coming out needed more refinement. Um, you know, he was kind of the third option on that dynamic LSU passing attack between behind Chase and Jefferson. But he was very good in his own right. He was just a little bit more raw. And if he can continue to develop here, I like uh, Terrace Marshall a lot moving forward. Uh, I don't agree, but I get where your head's at. Um, (laughs) Can't argue with the the logic. I just don't know that he gets there. He may not. He may not because he was he was pretty raw. I think he still needs some refinement as well. I actually I actually think this is the cell window. 
Yeah. So we'll have to revisit this one and see who ends up being right. I think, uh, yeah, I think this will be the opportunity to get rid of him. So you think the rest of this year is the opportunity to get rid of him? Or you think I right would now? do it. I would do it like today. Oh, if okay. you had the, the chance. Yeah, I would. Okay. There's so many uncertain unknowns here. Like PJ Walker is not a long term answer there. Yeah. He's not. And I actually have a really hard time believing that they won't spend some sort of capital to bring in some other receiving help. I, uh, so I, I, I don't agree, but I get like what the, the, you get the logic process. of you getting there was. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't agree with the conclusion. Uh, well, we will, we will see. We will certainly see because if there's a buyer, there has to be a seller too, you know? So if there's a league where you had him in and you were selling, I'd be buying, but that's going to do it for us here tonight's. A uh, lot, uh, a very news heavy show here on this one, but um, we will be back again next week. We will not be taking a week off for recruiting. We will be back here, but tune in to the rest of the shows on the network here. Um, you know, we have a show coming out for you every day. We got Chasing the Natty on Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, Campus Life on Tuesdays, Bet on C2C, back to Devi, Devi Debate. Uh, we got something for you every day. Also, check out the YouTube channel. You know, we have something going on over there every single day for you, too. And, and as the recruiting season really starts to heat up, we're going to be dropping some videos over there every day. Once a big recruit signs, we'll give you a little bit of a breakdown, kind of what it means. So if you're into that kind of stuff as well, check that out over, over there on the YouTube channel. But until next time, this is Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.